Do you look cool right now? What's that? Do you look cool right now? Do I do I look cool? Yeah. Is that a question? I, that's a question. Do you look cool right now? <laughs> I don't think cool people answer that question. You'd look a lot cooler with your glasses <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> <laughs> that's like not that's not a cool thing to ask. Cool like a cool dude wouldn't be like, do you look cool right now to another cool dude? So one of us isn't cool. It's just what cool dudes do. We ask each other how cool we look. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not on camera. All right, where, where do yeah, we want to go? go? Let's, let's go, go over there. there. So, Brent, we just saw Noah. Hey, I got it, man. I got the phone. Yeah, man, thank you. Um, You're so famous. No, I freaking I ran here, and then I lost my phone. It like fell out of my pocket. I'm like, well, I can't go back because there's too many people. And then, but they found it, so that's good. Uh, we just saw we just saw Noah take on that water event. You're you're what some would consider a student of the game. At this point, everyone is competing at the high level as a student of the game. But you had a really interesting observation in that no one needed to do well on that workout, you know, in order to actually have a chance of podiuming on this on this event. Is there like a mathematics or is it a feel? No, it's just like you know, if I go to an event when there's something that's in my wheelhouse, it's like very important for me to get those points, right? And so when I when I go to an event, it's like, oh, there's a chipper. It's like, you need to like either win that or get second because you need those points because you know there's other events that aren't gonna be in your wheelhouse. So it's almost, whereas if you're if there's a bad workout and you do like okay to bad, it's like the change in points there is smaller. Like, oh, I finished 20th or I finished 18th, like whoop-de-doo. But for Noah to make a charge here in the latter half of the weekend, uh, if he doesn't, you know, start that charge in the swim workout and Noah can ride momentum as well. So I kind of what I was saying is if he doesn't win this or at least come second He's in trouble because he'll be bombed as he should be uh, you know within reason But he also needs those points because those points might not be there in other events because they're not as you know good for him as that so. So we are here at Wadapalooza, it's a sanctional. You, however, have had like probably the best open performance of your career. Not quite. Um like the last two were the last two were just so bad everyone forgot my good ones. <laughs> the best the best recent open yeah, performance of your right. career. Yeah. Good enough to actually after all the sanctionals and backfilling shenanigans qualify through the open. Yeah, but yeah. you also got a win in Dubai. It's so like your season started off good. really good. Yeah. <laughs> what how does that play into like, you know, we just we just saw you work out, do a little training session, you've got West Coast coming up. How's that play into the rest of your season? Um not too much. I mean, it's a good thing, and it definitely made my vacation afterwards. Like, we had a vacation planned. It just made it, like, a little more enjoyable, knowing that, like, you know, it's okay to relax. And... You can splurge on another drink or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I would, we'd go out for dinner, and Claire's like, oh, what do I want? I'm like, Claire, get the steak. It's, it's on Dubai. So that was, like, the going <laughs> joke. It's on the, it's on the Prince. And so, <laughs> um, but um, we were going to have fun anyway. And, you know, I, the goal this season was to, like, pick out a few sanctioned events I wanted to go to and just trust that if I really prepared well for them, that the game's invitation would take care of itself and not get stressed out about, you know, am I gonna qualify, am I gonna qualify? And just take each sanctioned event, hit it hard and know that things would work out. And that was, last year I was a little more nervous because you're like, new system, I don't really know what this is gonna look like. But then when the whole season finished and I saw, I looked at every single sanctional, I'm like, who qualified from those sanctionals? What place did they come in those sanctionals? And I kind of went like, I could have rocked up to most of those and got my qualifying spot, especially after the open thing sorted out. So I'm like, don't worry about that this year. The assumption was I wasn't going to qualify out of the open, so that was nice that I did. 
but I'm like, just pick three good sanctionals that you want to go to. Don't like try to game the whole like, oh, I'm gonna go here because of this or that. Just go to three good, well-run sanctionals with money and then it'll take care of itself. And as you're seeing here, most of the top guys are qualified. So, you know, the spots are whittling down. And so yeah, lots, lots of opportunities. Do you think it's, uh, do you think there, there's, so how do you balance the calculus of if you compete really early in the season when usually the top people are competing, you might end up backfilling down the line versus competing later in the season when most of the top athletes already have their spots. Do you think there's a there's a correct strategy or an easier strategy between those two? I think it, it just depends on the person. I think for most people, like, you know, if I was giving advice, I'm quite good, and so I think for me, I have faith that pretty much every sanctional I could go to, this that I've seen this year, and I'm like, I think I could have got the qualifying spot in that sanctional, uh, because I, I believe that's where my abilities are right now when I execute. If you're a little more on the bubble, there's a little bit more of an art to it, uh, but it's kind of weird, because you know you saw a guy like Tola, he got his qualifying spot out of the bye coming ninth, and then he went to Mayhem, and he didn't do so well, and I would say the field was like, deeper in Dubai, so then, I mean, I don't know what's going on in his, you know, training life, personal life, maybe he wasn't, like, training as hard, maybe he had a Christmas off, I, you know, you don't know all these things, but I think, uh, I think programming plays a pretty big part in it, you know, if you're a bubble athlete, I think the first thing I would look for is historically, what does that competition do for programming, you know, is it a really heavy comp, is there, like, 30 events, is there five events, are they fast, are they long? And you still don't know, they might they might make a massive correction from the year prior, but as a, if you were like really, really wanting to make the games, that'd be the first thing I'd look for. Not so much the competitors, because everywhere you go, anyone that's, if, that are, is like not a bubble athlete that's above that, they've probably already qualified. Yeah. So, you know, you just gotta go to events that you think suit, you know, that you can fit into your budget, as far as, you know, getting there and prepping and you're not like gonna go broke, because there's no point in going to the games broke. Um, and then make sure that it's a competition that you think you can excel in just based on the, the factors that you can at least somewhat predict. Yeah. All right, now that we got some shade. Mm. And you've got your visor up too. That's perfect. Yeah. Higher the better. <laughs> uh, you know, this, uh, this year's games have a lot of lessons to learn from last year's games. You know, we were going back, we went back to having eliminations at the games it's the first time in a long time that they've done that. You know, they're, uh, we've, we've heard already that the first cut's gonna happen after three events that kind of get treated as one thing, like an every second counts deal. What other changes do you think, what other lessons do you think that they should pull from, you know, the 2019 games experience going into this year? Oh man, I try to like, not think about that too much because you know, I don't think anyone that's listening to this is gonna make that decision. <laughs> and so when people ask me about the games, like, what do you think they're gonna change? I'm like, man, I'm I'm expecting the worst and then I'll be hopefully pleasantly surprised by the best. Um, you know, I think historically when something has gone wrong at a regional or games, usually the next year they usually correct it or they like do it again and shove it in your face. So, <laughs> and they're like, it was great. And, uh, they have done that with some like movements and stuff. Um, and so, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's not an easy task to get from 160 down to a television friendly amount and a, you know, a logistics amount and a, you know, it's, I don't know, you know, so I'm, it's not really for me to decide. If someone at a sanctioned event wanted to, you know, ask for my advice on how to run things, as long as I'm not competing there, I'd be happy to talk to them, but. Uh, 
The Professor Project, I'm just, I'm jumping all over Yeah, here. do it. The Professor Project has uh, kind of brought on some like celebrity coaches yes. to, to help out with the tips and tricks. You know, you got you got Pat Bellner getting in on that action. Yeah. You got Chandler Smith getting in on that action. Cole Sager. Yeah. Cole Sager getting in on that. Uh, what's the vetting process like? What's it take? What's it take to be one of the adjunct professors? Do you want to be a professor, Project Man? Well, I mean, I will, sure. <laughs> I've, got, I've got plenty of thoughts. Um, you know, what it sort of boiled, there's sort of two things. Um, I've asked a lot of people and some of them are just too busy right now. That's a big part of it. So like we want to get, obviously we want to get a female coach on there, but uh, all the female coaches that I've really wanted have just been too busy or they just said no. Um, <laughs> you know, um, because of, you know, obviously being busy, hopefully. And uh, it was just people that I thought could provide something that I couldn't sort of, that was sort of the first thing I'm like, you know, who approaches it, you know, with a, with a, not even necessarily the same way as me, but has like a little bit of method to their madness and can offer something that I don't really know how to how to talk about. And you know, like like Chandler, I was like, you know, that guy can touch and go some deadlifts, you know, so I definitely wanted him to just talk about, I mean, obviously he can just deadlift, that's part of it, but I just wanted him to go through his process if there's a workout with, you know, touch and go deadlifts at a moderate to heavy weight, like what is, what does he do technically? What does he think about? Where does he brace? Um, so that I can learn from those things. Uh, and the same goes for like, you know, Belner with, you know, bar muscle-ups and stuff. It's like, he's better at muscle-ups than I am. So like, what, is, what does he do in pistols that I'm not doing? And like questions I'd want to ask those people and then, you know, give, it, give that answer to everyone. Have you asked Matt? Uh, no, no. He probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't anyway. And I, I mean, I, yeah, I might actually ask him when I'm here. I'm not really. And it's one of those things like I consider pretty much all these athletes my friends. And so like when I ask him, I'm like, hey, like no hard feelings. If you say no, I'm not like gonna like not talk to you. I, I get it because I say no to a lot of stuff. We talked to him last night, and the gist I got from what type of advice he would offer is uh, is quit being a little bitch and go do it. <laughs> like tended to be the type of thing that he was. Very very uh, Jocko Willick. That's uh, right, very yeah. Jocko Willick. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, and, th and that's, and that's, that works, that works for him. It's, and that's what, when people ask me about handstand push-ups, I'm like, what's your runner max strict press? It's something I often ask. And they go, oh, I'm like, if you go, ah, oh, it means you're not strict pressing enough. You know, and it's not, it's not that you need to know what it is, but it's like, if you're doing enough pressing, you'll, you'll know, or you'll say, well, I haven't maxed out, but I do know I did five by five, and you'll immediately be able to give me a strict press workout in the last five days that you did. Because if you haven't strict pressed in the last five days, then you don't care enough about getting better handstand push-ups. It's not about getting upside down, it's not a technical hand thing. It's like, how much do you weigh, and how good is this? So that's it. And then obviously there's a flexibility component, but those, that's really the three things. And so, you know, Frazier's just, <laughs> Frazier, you know, is, is very like to the point like that, but, you know, behind, you know, the scenes of it, he's, he, he's a student of the game. Yeah, he's like, methodical. You know, you're not gonna move as well as him by just going for it. That, that doesn't happen. Like, the dude is a technician. And, you know, he's built a brand around hard work pays off, which is great, and he does work very hard. I'm not gonna deny that, but the dude moves as well or better than anyone who's ever done this sport, and that doesn't just happen by chance. It's because he he just does it. He just does it right, but, you know, it's, it's this in-between thing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a potential there that there's a, maybe a slight trap he's setting for people, right? Like there's- Oh, the idea I don't know like, about that. You know, but I, I, you know, I mean, he does, he does work hard, yeah. right? And the hard work has paid off. 
uh, but he also like moves very well. And you know, you watch him do one arm overhead squats at regionals a couple years ago with both arms, and you're like, yeah, that didn't just happen by you just doing one arm overhead squats every day. Like that, you know, that doesn't just happen. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what it's been like. You know, you had a you had a kind of a. Uh, nomadic last year. You moved a lot last year. You're you're, you're yeah. just on the road a ton. I think. Did you move houses twice? Yeah. Yeah. So you settled a little bit more this year. You know, you have a facility on like at your home that yeah. is world class. I've heard, although no one's seen the inside. So who knows <laughs> what private. else is in there? Very private. Thousand dollars an hour private gym. So <laughs> I'm the only one that's been able to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, what What has been sort of the, the biggest positive to actually having all that stability in your, in your life? It's been really good. I mean, I'm the kind of person that, that thrives on that. You know, the randomness and chaos is not as much my bag. I try to, I embrace it when it when it's necessary, but... Like here? Like here, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy it and I am. But uh, when it comes to like a routine and you want to get in like a good solid month, two, three months of prep and training, having that ability to, you know, sleep a lot and then wake up, eat really good food, and then train as much as you want without any interruptions throughout the day, as well as having access to good food all day and being able to have a nap and then sleep a lot. Like, you can't do that. It's really difficult to do that without that kind of control of your training environment. And especially in Canada, in the winter, in Kelowna, all the gyms are quite small, so you have to be inside. So if you want to train at 5 p.m. and there's a class with 25 people, you just, you can't be doing ring muscle-ups. You can maybe deadlift in the corner, so. It's nice to have that, you know, inflexibility that I've created, which is which has been fun, and it's like I've had some really really good training sessions, like a lot of them, and probably you know the average quality of my training sessions has just been better than any other year so far. Awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to what 2020 holds for you. Yeah, man. I'm excited too. So far, so good. It's been like it's been fun. I'm felt good about Dubai, and I'm just building on it. So, so dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not self-filming. <laughs> <No. laughs>